Hello, my friends. Today we are talking to Prakash, the CIO at Autodesk, and we discuss the ratio between being bold and being reckless, tips for having an MVP mindset to keep things simple, and ways to break down walls between teams to build a culture of collaboration. All of this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Hello. Hey, Jal. Did you make it through the sound check? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it took 13 minutes, but we made it. It sounds good, though. I promise you. Uh, good. Thank you. You've got some awesome screens back there. There's some dashboards. Yeah, those are my dashboards, my nice. cockpit. Nice. We, we can't see them for, se- for security reasons. <laughs> they are blurred. <laughs> Intentionally. <laughs> where, are you, where are you located? One Market, San Francisco. Oh, wow. I know that right area. Right off the ferry building. Yeah. I was out there a few months ago speaking at uh, William Sonoma's out there. Oh, cool. So what? So it's pretty early. It's probably like right around 9 o'clock over there, huh? 8.15. 8.15? This is my second meeting, so this is not early for me. Okay. I'm an early person. Me too. I get up around 5, 5.30 and go for a run, and I start working probably around 7.30. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Do you do that? Do you go for like run in the morning or? I go to gym uh, at 4.35 and I take this 6.30 train, usually 6.15 or 6.30 and I commute into city and then I'm in my office by 7, 7.30. Nice. Because what, what benefit, like did you always do that or is that something you know? I, I usually always do that. I sleep uh, for four to five hours. Uh, so that's, that's the sleep I need probably. Uh, I wish I could sleep more, <laughs> but I'm fresh after four or five hours of sleep. And so I'm an early morning person. So I like to be out there in the city and it's it's a refreshing environment. Early morning in the city, seven o'clock, people, there are, there are joggers, there are tourists, there are people rushing to get into office to get work done. That energy is what I look for when I come in the morning. Yeah, you can like you can thrive off of that energy. Exactly, exactly. And before the meetings start, you can get stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's the best part. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. See, so you start an early morning. What does your day typically look like? Meetings after meetings after meetings, <laughs> usually, uh, because I have a global team. Uh, I have teams in thirty countries uh, that report up to me. And we are a global company as well. So um, there is stuff happening everywhere. And uh, usually it is a series of meetings uh, with our customers, with our internal stakeholders, with my own team. Uh, And then uh, usually I wrap up the day between five and six and head back home. Nice. Do you you have a wife, kids, family? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one wife. One wife. <laughs> <laughs> one daughter. So she's 10 years old. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I've yeah. got some little ones, but they're, we got two of them and they're under two years old. So one's about two, a daughter who's about two, and then a boy who's about five months. Oh, wow. Yeah. That must be a handful by yeah. itself. I wish I could say I only need four to five hours of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but you only get four to five hours. I only get to four to five. I, do, I put them to bed and then I, lay go, I go to bed. 
exactly exactly oh man this is fantastic yeah i'm glad i'm glad whenever somebody says um don't worry this will go fast or or they say uh you know enjoy it this is going to go fast I, I i look at the go fast part i'm like i want this stage to be over <laughs> but it's a fun stage you should enjoy that time too because later you'll feel like you know what that age was fun it went too fast is something that you'll think yeah the right way we always think about that my daughter she she's 10 years old and sometimes we feel like, wow, those were days when all the cute moments, when they start walking, when they start crawling, when they start talking the first words, all those are very important moments too. And I like how our brain remembers those. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because you go from sweet crawling moment to just <laughs> banshee crying screams. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Oh, this is great. Yeah, I like to talk about family. I like to talk about the past a little bit just to get some idea of like, who you are and what drives you. Now, were you born in San Francisco? No, I was born in India. Okay. Uh, I grew up in India in a town called, or a city called Chennai, okay. southern part of India. I did my bachelor's in engineering there. And then I came here for master's in chip designing uh, in Oklahoma State. I graduated there. And then I got into consulting. And after a couple of consulting gigs, I moved into Autodesk as a three-week consultant and stayed there quite quite some time. Three weeks became three months and a year. And after that, I took a full-time opportunity. And then I've stayed there for the last uh, 13, 14 years, played 11 different roles and grew up the chain. I was an individual contributor when I joined. And uh, right now I manage a team of close to 750 members worldwide. And then it's, it's, it's been a great ride. And the company as such has been going through a huge transformation and lucky to be part of the whole journey so far. So if you were giving advice or insight to someone who's back where, where you are as an individual contributor, or where you were several years ago as an individual contributor, like what's the, like looking back, like how did you do that? Like how did you go all the way up through the organization? How did you constantly become more valuable? I think the big thing is being bold. There is... A slight difference being reckless to bold and uh, <laughs> on the scale. And the other side is the conservativeness, right? People are usually very conservative, comfortable, and they try to be in that shoes. And it's always very important if you have aspirations to grow, to move on the scale towards bold and not to reckless. Uh, but where you are putting in the effort and taking some bold decisions and risks, and delivering results and results is what drives you gets you the currency and gets the confidence and trust and while you do that you also build relationships which are very very important for you to grow in any organization because at the end of the day it's when you're growing you're taking on more responsibilities and you are being more accountable for getting stuff done and so that's the one thing that i would say be open-minded be make sure that you are getting whatever you are specifically supposed to be doing are getting those stuff done but at the same time you are also challenging yourself to an area where you are not comfortable with and taking on those opportunities as they come and delivering results will naturally help you scale individually build relationships deliver results Absolutely. And learn, learn, learn continuously. We are in such a unique time period is what I feel where there's so much change happening in a good way. Technology is enabling and the rate at which technology is changing and disrupting 
is is incredible so all of us should be super fortunate and take advantage of it you know so much change is happening as long as you have the mindset of adapting and shifting as technology evolves as new capabilities come out as we solve new business problems i think there's so much to really get stuff done and so much to learn and so much to grow i agree and i i talk with leaders at your level and different levels all day i'm curious what are your insights for like peers like let's say you're talking to some peers that are at the top of some large organization like yours and you're discussing how you stay on top of these trends. Like, speak to that. Yeah, a good thing is within the Silicon Valley, especially, we have a quite a good CIO network. And so we meet regularly and we also ping each other when we, because all of us are trying to solve business problems, very similar and leveraging common technologies that are out there. So, uh, we, we reach out to the groups to see, hey, who has used this vendor? I'm hearing about this vendor and the capabilities that they're bringing. Have you tried these things? So we are always in touch. And so that's what I tell vendors. Uh, you don't need to ask for a reference. Whether it's good or bad, you'll surely get it <laughs> because we all talk. So, uh, so the, that word of mouth, and you also share, hey, here is the problems that we are running into. We get advices. We share our thoughts. We share our experiences with others. So we get a lot of stuff done through that network as well. So that's how you keep in touch and see what's going on. And you always compare to, are we leading? Are we bleeding? Are we catching up? Or what stage are we in? And that's always helpful as well internally when you're trying to influence folks. And when you are doing that, that external benchmarking is also sometimes very important. So I want to take it back a little bit again. What was the most interesting part of technology? Like what really caught your eye? I know you did some chip design and you, you got your master's and you did all of that. But when was that first hook where you're like, this is technology and I love it? Yeah, so what happens is when you're born in India, you have only two options. You either become an engineer or a doctor. And if you're lucky, you become a lawyer. So your parents already tell you what you need to become. So <laughs> your brain is already fully engraved that you're becoming an engineer, you're becoming an engineer. And you start loving what you get to know. You're getting exposed to all of this technology. And I was, by my parents grew me, helping me learn technology and be interested in engineering and wanting to get there. And I eventually got there. Once you got there, you also like what you're doing. And you start having the circle of friends who are like-minded and you start sharing and uh, learning from each other and you get in love with technology. And when I came here too for master's, I had great opportunities working with great professors as well as my fellow students where you start learning new stuff. And when you start solving business problems, leveraging technology and using technology as an enabler, you really get excited. Once you start delivering results, that's where you get a lot of satisfaction. And that's how I got hooked up to technology. Yeah, I, no, I agree. When I, my first big venture into the business world, other than just tinkering with technology, was when I was in doing some real estate software. And I would sit in the real estate office with, with my parents and I would solve these little problems. And I would, looking back, the motivator was the joy and the excitement that I would bring other people by solving their problems. Exactly. That's exactly what a typical developer or analyst or a coder will get, programmer will get, when you really solve things and give it to the end user and see that excitement in their eyes, you get humongous satisfaction. 
and I'm one of those lazy developers that doesn't want to do manual things. So I'm in the business of trying to automate stuff. So wherever possible, if there is any repetitive tasks, and that was my always my notion, why is it done in a human way every single time? If it has to be done more than once on a regular basis, why can't it be programmed? And that's how my brain works. And so I'm huge into automation and mainly trying to see how can we augment uh, human beings with much more technology, programs, bots, robots, where we can do much more interesting things, where judgment is required. Whenever there is no judgment required and it is repetitive, I feel like it's not a job of a human being. It should be done by a machine. And that's what my uh, core focus is always. So have you, have you seen the uh, Elon Musk Neuralink? No. Oh, so for your next uh, train ride, the next time you're commuting, uh, Elon Musk has been working on a high bandwidth brain computer interface ah. called Neuralink. Okay. And you should, should, check it out. you should watch it. There's an 18 minute, I've, I looked at all the videos, there's like an hour long, there's an 18 minute one if, if you search on YouTube. Okay. That's a recap of like two weeks ago when they released what they've been secretly working on for two years. Awesome. And it'll blow your mind. You'll love it. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll a, check it out. Pers- yeah. Personal thing though. Now it'll, you'll, your inner geek will get even more excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's the, what's the mission? Like what's the flag? What's the mission at Autodesk? Yeah. So at Autodesk, we make tools so that our customers can make anything literally anything. So as you probably know, we're a design software company and we have been focusing a lot on design software. And if you look, if you take a step back, we were in the business of shipping DVDs to our customers so that they can install and do all the cool things. But now we have really, as part of a business model transformation, we have moved on and now we give access to our software in the cloud so that our customers from anywhere can access and really make anything. And so, uh, and that's what is the business purpose that excites me because the cloud brings the scale. And if you look at the world is continuously changing. There are like 400,000 people that are getting into middle class every day, which means their needs are changing. They need housing and there are uh, developed countries that are refreshing their infrastructure who need to use our software. So there's so much exciting things happening and that's where we are in the middle of that huge transformation. And so now we want to keep up to the promise of subscription. We became a subscription company. So there's a huge focus on how do we keep up to the promise of subscription, which means we keep customer at the center of everything. And the key focus, one of the corporate focus, which is also where I get hooked up, is digitizing Autodesk. And when we say digitize, we mean creating frictionless experience to our users, whether it be end customers or internal employees or partners. And that's where we put a lot of focus in. And, and, and we leverage automation to hide the complexity and to create simplicity and to give that experience. But we have really moved a lot from being product focused to more experience focused and value focused. Because with subscription, that's what customers are looking for. We really want to understand how are customers using our software? What new capabilities will really help them? And how can we really make, them, make it seamless to them? And because if you look at folks uh, in their personal lives, it has changed in the last four to five years with whole consumerization of how things work. You don't schedule stuff if you want to go out. You're not scheduling taxis. You just call them. 
you don't go to uh, movie theaters anymore. Some of us do, but mostly you can watch it on demand whenever you want. You don't need to go to malls to do shopping. You can shop online. You don't need to go purchase things. You just, it gets shipped to your house. So the whole consumerization that has happened in personal lives, people, when they come to work, they have the similar expectation. And that's my biggest goal working with my team. How do I create that consumer kind of experience when employees come to work at Autodesk? How do we remove friction and how do we not lock them down so that their creativity comes out and they are best in whatever they need to do, not needing to worry, how do I get access? How do I, will I be restricted from doing these things? I really want them to have a cafe kind of experience, like consumer experience, but at the same time, maintain enterprise security. So keeping security in mind, but at the same time, giving that seamless experience so that they can be productive and effective. So that's what we are really focused on on a day-to-day basis uh, when we come to work. No, I love it. It's, it sounds beautiful. <laughs> I, I'm, like, I'm like on your team now. <laughs> So we get some questions from the audience from time to time and they say, hey, if you come across some, some awesome leaders, some great leaders, will you ask these? And I say, okay, cool. Uh, so is that okay? Can I ask some of those? Sure, sure. Okay. So this one's about, we, we call this question the MVP mindset. Uh-huh. And the hardest thing to do professionally is to keep things simple, right? Absolutely. And so how do you keep things simple? Yeah. So we have this whole concept in my team where we, we follow Amazon's working backwards. So whenever we have any project or initiative or an idea and a team comes down, we have this uh, a one pager, what we call it. So you need to come up with a one pager document, assuming that we are going live on the day of live. How will the press release be? What will we talk about on the capabilities there? You will not talk anything about technology. You will only talk about business value. What will be the minimum business value that users will be excited about to consume it? So you need to write one pager talking about all the good things and the value that it brings uh, when you launch it is what we look for. And then we look at, is this what customers are looking for, whether it's internal or external? And then we prioritize. And so whenever there is a scope creep that continues to happen in an, in, in an engineering worldscape, we go back to the document to see, was it in the minimum viable requirement? Was it in the press release? Is this, do we want to add it or is it a future phase? So that's how we prioritize things and keep it simple. And our goal is how can we be as quick as possible? Like I remember four to six years back in the whole IT landscape, we used to have releases once in three to four months. So we used to call this major releases that goes. Now we have releases all the time. We don't take systems down at all because we do releases keeping our systems alive so that customers can continue to interact. We have business flexible releases that are scheduled every two weeks, but we have a lot of on-demand releases. That's what we are moving into. It's like at the end of the day, how many releases are we doing per day so that business can continuously get value? So we are always looking and focusing on how do we really keep to the core of what we are trying to solve and connect it to our corporate values and departmental goals so that we don't go off and create products that nobody uses or you have two people you are consuming it. Uh, So we don't want to create that. And that happens in an engineering side. People get excited for cool technology. And so we keep going back and asking, what is your total addressable market? How, how is the adoption going to be? Is it going to replace a different tool? Or are we going to add new capabilities? Or what is the consumer base look like? We ask these questions before we prioritize and approve and have teams work on different things. 
Oh, I love it. We actually, we're a very small company over here, but we took the same concept of the outcome driven approach, you know, from Amazon and did narratives on all of our features. And it was actually in interesting because we introduced it into a team that hadn't done that before. And so watching the shift happen and watching people become better at creating those narratives has been very interesting. Exactly. And you get into a lot of questions while doing that. Oh, I didn't think about this. And others ask questions and really get super crisp on what you need to deliver. And that becomes super impactful. And then you get the engineers advocating for the customers. They're exactly. like, I want to win. So now I have to find a way to prove that this is useful to the customers. That's exactly, that's totally different way of how engineers operate. Rather than talking about technology, you're talking about customers' value and business problem, which is like music to my ears when I start seeing engineers talk in that language. Oh, I, I love it. Rather than you and I arguing about which is technically faster, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> spaces, right. Instead of being what's technically faster, we're now arguing on behalf of how we bring more value to the customer. It's beautiful. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's say you've got, you get to work with some of the best people in the world, Absolutely. but we're all still human. So let's say that you're working with some people and you notice that there's some disconnect, like within one of your high performing team members, they start to disconnect a little bit. Like, how do you approach that? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, is it an individual or a team, the whole team? Um, Let's say, well, let's talk about whatever you think. Which one do you have more experience with? I mean, because at, at the end of the day, we run into, as we have global big teams, we run into yeah. different kinds of issues. At okay. the end of the day, it is very important when you take a look at an individual and somebody is high performing and suddenly having a disconnect, uh, it's very important to understand with the individual, him or her, to find out if there's anything going on in their lives, personal lives. Uh, what, what is causing that disconnect? Uh, because especially if they are such an engaged employee, how, how could uh, that disconnect all of a sudden? And having that one-on-one -on -one conversation and being there to listen first from their perspective rather than being judgmental is very important as a leader is what I feel. Because sometimes you don't know all the elements what goes on in one's, one's life. And so there may be a situation where we need to support that individual of whatever situation they are in so that when they come across or come out of that situation, they're again getting back and being engaged. So when we are being supportive, it always helps. I remember one of my employees, uh, he was super engaged, high performing, and suddenly started to have some disconnect. And then we started noticing, hey, what's happening? But he was not sharing. So then we had a conversation, like started, hey, is everything okay? What's going on? We figured out that his wife is diagnosed with cancer and he was trying to solve or help her at home as well as here. We said, you know what? Family comes first. Go, please go do whatever you need to do to take care. And once the, they went through all the process and she recovered very fine. And then he came back. He was super and 200% energized, delivering so much value to Autodesk. And they really we are thankful for the team, entire team being there to support because sometimes people don't open up. And that's where you need to find out what's going on in their situation and help them out. And if it is a case where an employee is disconnected or not engaged or having some conflict, having that one-to-one -one direct conversation with the person that they're having conflict and tackling that conflict head-on is very important so that you can solve it rather than trying to munch it behind your head. We, we are doing good today, man. <laughs> You're on fire. Like, I love this. Okay, so, so open up my mind a little bit about how this happens with teams and what do you do with teams? So with teams, I think teams also, depending upon how they are set up, 
it is very important to have a culture of collaborating between teams having joint uh, in some cases if there is joint ownership that is required even though you can really create a specific goal and deliverables it is also important for them to work together and that's something that we really highly encourage we really want to have a collaborative culture uh, within the teams so it's very important for us to set them up and if we do notice we also want to celebrate and joint wins so really recognizing that culture of you know what we need to collaborate with each other because there there is typically a tendency you know what you start building walls between teams and saying okay i am deliverable you're delivering this it's totally okay to make progress and to quickly get stuff done but it is also very important to collaborate and have that culture because each team is different and their setup and how they operate so that is one of those muscles that we are continuing to push for because we want more and want cross collaboration between geos between teams so that we can have much more diverse outcomes out of that because when you have diverse thought process going in cognitive diversity and other things you get really best outcomes for the customer so we really push for that cross collaboration too and when it, any teams get disconnected or disengaged we are same way we the we follow agile methodology we have stand ups we have sprint reviews and planning and people are super candid during these retrospectives too and we really have these conversations hey what's going on why are you disconnected what's going on between the team members why are we having these conflicts so we tackle them during those conversations which are very safe to have because people also know that we are not going to penalize folks because of their outspoken nature and that's something over time that's a great culture that autodesk has where people are really upfront in having straight conversations straight talks so people are open upfront transparent exactly I love it. Yeah, cuz when you get things out there what you do is you allow the collective processing power of all the great people you work exactly. with to work on that. Yeah. Do you think that fits into digital like I know digital transformation's been like a huge topic lately, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, how do you how do you look at it? What does that mean at Autodesk? So for us digital as I mentioned, digital transformation is removing the friction from users. So okay. we are putting a lot and lot focus on it and understanding whether even if for internal employees we are under we have gone through this huge huge exercise of what is the overall life cycle of an employee from the start you are starting to interview with Autodesk from the time you retire is how we have a complete life cycle so we are like okay what goes on where where are the friction element where is the process where the friction comes in and how can we remove the friction to make it super productive we also talk about day zero access on the first day when you come in what all access how do we need like we need to understand you are coming in finance so you need to have all of these applications and tools and access and we don't want you to raise any tickets asking requesting for those access we should be already giving you those access and you just activate and start consuming them rather than figuring out because what happens is when you join a company it takes weeks for you to understand what tools do they use and then it takes weeks to understand okay where do i go and open these forms and tickets so that i get required access and we really want to take all that process away and really tell them hey your peers with a similar persona use all of these applications and here is the what you need to have access for activate single sign on and use in a secure way is what we are looking for so for every single aspect of access to collaboration so we are continuously looking for patterns to see what are those things that users are using the most and how do we remove the friction 
No, that's so smart. That's such a waste if they have to spend weeks onboarding when they could just on day zero hit the ground running. Exactly. So you work with some amazing people in the world, some of the best engineers, software, business people in the world. And it's partly your job because you're you're the leader there to make sure that you always have this, you know, leadership bench or this pipeline of, of fresh people, you know, coming in and growing. And so what what stands out to you as as traits or behaviors that you see happening in the, in a, the levels, you know, two or three below you that say, hey, I should invest some time into this person and help them grow up into this new role? Yeah, so recruiting, again, talent is a huge focus of my day-to-day time too on how we recruit in all the different regions where we are scaling and growing. And it's not just me, across Autodesk, leaders spend a lot of time uh, not only mentoring being being available there and understanding and within it we have a program also for for campus to corporate onboarding is what we call so uh, recently uh, about a couple of years back we did that in michigan and before that we did in singapore we've done it in bangalore where we recruit for college talent we go to campuses and recruit uh, talent and really onboard them to corporate at the same time we are also bringing in a lot of smart people The key thing is we don't want to also tell them what needs to be done. We really want to give them the business problem and see how digital native folks come in and solve the problem. You'll be amazed to think, oh my God, I have not even thought about that kind of way of solving. Uh, Because we are so used to solving things where we are not digital native or mobile first kind of mindset that comes to us. But when these folks come into the workforce and the way they are trying to solve things, it's amazing. And so that mix of having that college uh, recruits as well as experienced folks, combining them, you are able to get much better value and output. And people work very well across our teams. So I do spend a lot of time also understanding the high performers. What are they focused on? Are we giving them opportunities? What do they need to be uh, so, so that we can keep them engaged and motivated so they are working on some of the challenging things that will keep them going? No, that's super, super bright. Because if you want to know what's, where the future is going, just go down to the next generation. Yeah. Right? <laughs> how, how do they think? We don't need to read a report. Yeah. Just start pulling them into the company and see what they do. <laughs> yeah, insert them into interesting projects and you'll be amazed how quickly they're able to solve things and how different they think. And that's the whole diversity aspect that you need as well in your overall problem solving. Yeah, you, because as you get, like one of my favorite concepts is the rainforest. Yeah. Right, because I was reading this article on the rainforest, and they were talking about the reason why it's so resilient to change is because of how diverse it is. Correct, that's so true. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's a good a good excuse to like say we need <laughs> diversity and thought in our companies because it'll make us more resilient to change. Absolutely, absolutely. Nice. Okay, no, this is you are like on top of. <laughs> I love it. So thank you, my friend. Thank yeah. You, Joe. Okay, so any anything on your mind that you want to that you want to push out into the world? Uh, no, basically Autodesk is a great company. We are continuously recruiting. We're in this whole growth mode. Uh, we are excited. A subscription cloud-based company trying to help our customers imagine, design, and make a better world. So if there are opportunities out there where you can come in and add value, we uh, we want more and more smart people to join us. So uh, it's a great, we have a great culture. I've been with the company for 14 years. That speaks for itself, especially being in Silicon Valley. Uh, because of the culture and the nature of the people, it's so 
fun to work with. So if there are open positions there that is of interest, I would highly recommend people to look into it and join Autodesk. Yeah, so they can find out more about that on autodesk.com. I'm sure there's a yeah, career yes. section. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll post it in the show notes so that people can can look for it. Now, we talked a little bit about the culture, right? We can just gauge some of it open and upfront transparency, your, your day zero concept, how you write narratives. Any other important culture points that you would want to highlight? Yeah, so the key thing, right, from a culture standpoint, we have three aspects that we call. We have nine culture values that are very ingrained in what we do, and they're divided into three sections. We call it think, uh, feel, and do. There is an aspect of think that goes in thinking part where we want employees to be smart, innovative and adaptable. And we also want them to have the feel element of it. It's just not, okay, you be engineers and just focus on the thinking. We really want our employees to be impactful and also inclusive and humble in the way we do things because all of us are smart in whatever we do. And at the same time, while you think and you have this feel nature, at the end of the day, you have to get stuff done. If you just are thinking and feeling but not able to do, then it doesn't have an impact to our customers. So there is an aspect of being courageous and accountable and being pragmatic. These are the three buckets that we fall into. We, we put our culture values into and ask our employees to make sure that they're balancing between the whole thinking and feeling and doing uh, in whatever they do. So we want them to, be, these nine culture values is something that we want them to be engraved in their DNA in whatever they do. No, that, first of all, this is amazing because I have yet to come across a company that organizes their culture items by that categorization that you have. And that is just absolutely brilliant. It's so logical. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's fun. And people are getting it. And, and the culture is something, it's leader-driven, top-down, comes down from our CEO and then all of C staff members. It's not like every division it's having its own culture. As a company, we all agree to these are the values that we are going to. And we spend a lot of time on this. It's not one of those all hands meeting that we talk about it. This is continuous things that we, we push for because that's how we are going to grow as a company and do great things for our customers. Yeah. How do you make it something that's like livable versus just something exactly. that's corporate? Yeah. Our biggest goal is how can it become part of our DNA in the way we operate? Because culture is something that how you unknowingly start operating, not when somebody is looking at you. If, some, if a manager or a leader is present in the meeting, it's not how you behave then. When they are not there in the meeting, how you behave is what the true culture is. Yeah, the culture is what happens when the leader leaves. Exactly. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> oh, man, this has been fantastic. There's actually, you said DNA, so I want to, another uh, for your commute, another yeah. nerd thing to look up yeah. is, do you know that we're actually storing data inside of DNA now? Yes, <laughs> I heard that. Yes. Yes. They, I, I watched, there's this whole company called Catalog DNA. Uh -huh. I was talking with their CEO over the weekend on LinkedIn because I, stumbled upon them and I said, whoa, this is awesome. Let's talk to this guy. Yeah, they, they can actually take data. Right now, they're using it for like long-term storage, right? Instead of like tapes and other things like that. But it's amazing because if you look at a, um, like when we get a woolly mammoth, right? That DNA, that genetic code is still intact. So it's like very stable for long-term storage. So it'll just be an interesting thing for you to like, <laughs> you know, sometimes you need those sparks to you sort of clear need. your brain. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I've got I've got a lot of them. If you ever need <laughs> sparks, just say, "Hey Joel, just send me a text or something." Say, "Hey, what are you looking at this weekend?" And I'll be like, "Oh, Elon Musk time machine." <laughs> <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> awesome. Well, awesome. thank you so much. Thank you for coming out and hanging out. Yeah. And then uh, next time I'm in San Francisco, I'll send please you an do. email. Yes, please do. Yes, we should do that. Right. Thank you, Joel. Take right, care. Have a great day. Yeah. Talk soon. See you. Bye. Bye.